It's a beautiful Thursday. She's the president and founder of something called the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. She's the great-great-granddaughter of Dred Scott. She also has a BS in business administration and marketing from SIU Edwardsville. She's a former manager at Brian Cave Law Firm. And uh, she's a teacher. <laughs> Good morning, Miss Lynn Jackson. Miss Jackson? I'm here. Welcome to the front page. Thank you, Dominique. How are you? Oh, good. I, I'm just killing someone on my staff, but but okay. <laughs> no, but he has met, he has nine lives, so it's okay. All right, per day. Hi, Lynn. How are you? <laughs> We're doing great out here in St. Louis. Well, you know, um, maybe we haven't heard about the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation as much as we would have would it be out here in california and actually mr peoples who calls into our show on a regular basis made me aware of what you're doing um of course he's a big reparations activist but you are keeping alive the history of your great great grandfather which surprisingly is not as well known as it probably should be that's exactly true, and it has been a joy and a blessing to do so. Dred Scott was an enslaved person who eventually, coming from Virginia, was in St. Louis, but was also in free territory for several years. And out in Missouri at the time, as we're talking like the 1840s, there was something called once free, always free. If a slave went into free territory, they were free. But Dred and his new wife were brought back to St. Louis, and um, when their owner died, they tried to buy their freedom from his widow, and she wouldn't let them. So they literally went to court and sued for their freedom. And the wife filed her own petition separately from his so that perhaps the daughters might be free in case the husband did not win his case. And so this took 11 years and five trials, five court proceedings, for to reach the U.S. Supreme Court where they said that black men had no rights, that white men were bound to respect. And in fact, they threw the case out because they said that they were not citizens. And neither could their descendants be citizens. And that was a horrific thing because they said no one of African-American descent could be a citizen. Well, there were black people all over the country who in the North were free. And, and who were it, citizens and even elected officials. That's exactly right. And yeah. so it really created a lot of turmoil. But one thing about the Dred Scott decision, which was on March 6, 1857, they filed their first petition for freedom on April 6, 1846. So 11 years later... When that decision came down, they not only said that they couldn't be free and neither could any of the rest of us, they also said that the Northwest Ordinance and Missouri Compromise were unconstitutional. And these were documents that had been in place laws, literally congressional laws, that had been in place for years, I mean almost 40 years, that allowed the country to be able to balance slavery. In other words, you couldn't just expand into the new territories any way you wanted to. We wanted to balance. Because, you know, a lot of people did not approve of slavery. So when they threw that out and said it was unconstitutional, they were literally saying that slavery could be from coast to coast. And that was the other fever pitch ignition that also was part of that decision that was such a major catalyst Excuse me for the Civil War. Well, I think this is what one of the aspects that people really don't know um, is that 
The Dred Scott decision, I think most of us think, well, they, they ruled that black people had no rights, right? Really, it went far, far beyond that. They said that Congress did not have the right to regulate enslaved Africans or their descendants because they were, well, because the enslaved Africans were seen as chattel, as property. So they couldn't be taken, they couldn't be so-called taken away without due process. Right, and they referred to the Fifth Amendment to support that, and that was the property amendment. So it was pretty sad overall, but uh, definitely it angered the North. And, you know, there's so many aspects to this. I know we don't have a lot of time, but uh, I appreciate you saying that people don't know this case like they should because, again, this was a major, major catalyst to the Civil War. It also was that ignition which caused Abraham Lincoln to reconsider leaving politics and stay in the fight. And many scholars now clearly credit the Dred Scott decision as being one of those things that caused Abraham Lincoln to eventually become president and free the slaves. He was like, if y'all gonna act like this, I'm gonna have to stay in this. That's right. I can't leave now. This is this is not good, you know. Because the story about Abraham Lincoln too was that he saw a black person beat when he was a young person and it made him sick and, and he knew it was wrong and he hated the you know, he hated the abuse of, of these people. So it was something that was always ingrained in him. This is a morally wrong. And politics aside and convenience aside, inheritances aside, all these cultural things that were swirling around in that decade, in that century actually, that had nothing to do with the immorality of the intolerance of keeping a person as, as chattel and, and demeaning them and you know, it was it's so horrific. So it was a good thing. And not only that, I need to get this in. You know what, Miss Miss Jackson, we do have some time. Okay. Yeah, we got good. we got a good twenty minutes. So you okay. Know. Well, it sure goes fast. Well, I know it radio. does, but I just yeah. want you to know you can get okay. some stuff in today. Well, good. We okay. got to get it in. Thank Actually, you. You got about well, thirty minutes. Yeah. Okay. This is a, the important thing that if people don't remember everything we say. To take this with you, because Dred and Harriet, his wife Harriet Scott, because they went through the process, and I'm going to go back and tell you that now if we have a few more minutes. And that process is that there were five trials. The first trial was that basically a mistrial because the attorneys didn't really do their job correctly. They put someone on the stand to validate who their owner was, and it was a hearsay situation. It's like my wife said they were owned by Mrs. Emerson. Well, you can't do that in court. So they had to come back, and they were granted another trial so they could clear that up, and that was easily done. But this time, the second trial, which was in the old courthouse in St. Louis, they were given their freedom. A lot of people don't know that. They were literally given their freedom, and that by a jury of 12 white men. So for a few minutes, they were free and pretty happy, but that was immediately appealed because the whole background of who their new owner was, when I say new now, I mean the widow, Irene Emerson, uh, her family was connected to slave trading families, and that whole society did not believe in letting the slaves go. So she was influenced by that, but she also did not want to give up her personal means of income. Well, it, it kind of reminds me of what the Supreme Court did a little bit, uh, not as egregious, but in 2000, you know, you thought you were going to be free from George Bush, and then we were 
were free for a minute, and then they overturned it. Well, the Supreme Court is always full of surprises, aren't they? <laughs> they? They certainly are, but some people say the Dred Scott decision was the worst decision in the history of the Supreme Court, and it's never actually been overturned. What happened was we got the 14th Amendment. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, that's right. And honestly, you know, that's going to be out there for a while, I guess, in, in circles of debate. But every scholar that I've asked, including Supreme Court justices and attorneys, and, and these people are not connected, but black and white alike, they all say that the 14th Amendment reversed the Dred Scott decision. And so they were always a little puzzled when I first asked them and inquired because when I started doing this in 2005 and six, preparing for the 150th anniversary in 2007, that question kept coming to me. And I began to pursue, you know, okay, so do we need to do something? And technically across the board, it's accepted that the 14th Amendment reversed. And so there's different words that people overturn, reversed. Even though it does not explicitly say anything about the Dred Scott decision, it's just no. because it says that all said all people born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, blah, 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 are citizens. Mm-hmm. But it right. doesn't now, say know, including all you black people who we enslaved for 400 years and mistreated your ancestors, and including the 12 generations who worked without pay and created wealth for people like Mitt Romney, including all those people. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say any of that. Well, what it does, there's another aspect of this, and I'm, I'm not an attorney. I did work a law firm for 12 years, and I do love legalese, but somewhere in all of this, there's a um, prerequisite that there needs to be an active case open to be literally overturned. So the techni- um, technicalities of these things, um, you know, that's where it gets a little muffled. Say but, because you oppressed our ancestors until they were long dead, we mm-hmm. cannot give them justice now. Kind of Which is why people are asking for reparations, I'm sure. Yeah. Do you see? Do you see a connection between uh, the your great grand great great grandfather case, of the Dred Scott case, and reparations? Well, sure, there's a connection. Um, you know, reparations is pretty much simply defined. You know, repayment for injuries inflicted. And there's military and there's personal and all these definitions that you can find. But basically, it's like, you know, you destroyed something. We need you to repair it. And that's what the gist of reparations is. And, of course, people have their own definitions across the board as to what they think it should be. But in essence, um, it, there's nothing wrong with being repaid for the damage that's done because the damage comes down through the generations. And we have something here in St. Louis called the Transformation Agenda. Um, I, I'm not going to get into that because it's not my program, but I'm affiliated with it. And it has to do with the damages that our society is dealing with today because of the damages that were done to our ancestors. And all of that has to do with our lack of education, our lack of uh, knowing our original cultures, of our identities, and why we do the things we do today that are not in our best interest. And so when it comes to reparations, there are many ways that can be approached. And um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a whole other topic, but there's definitely a connection there because obviously the Dred Scott ruling was one which was so damaging to the psyche of a human being that that in itself, just to hear those words, is damaging. And Not to mention, I mean, gosh, you hear all these Republicans today talking about, you know, how we restrict business and 
You want to talk about restricting your ability to do business. Rule that I'm not a citizen and that I'm property forever. That's going to significantly decrease my earning power for the next several hundred years. Yeah. Or more. So, I mean, you want to talk about damages from a business standpoint. That's pretty massive. It's so ironic to me, though, that, you know, the Dred Scott decision, as you say, um, kept Abraham Lincoln in politics. And in fact, one of the major platforms of the Republican Party at that time was stopping the further expansion of slavery. It seems like the Republican Party has come full circle. You know, I'm obviously <laughs> they both flip flopped a little bit. Yeah, well, it's true like, enough. They just flip flopped. So, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. But um, you know, again, politics aside, the impact of this particular case is one that people do need to understand. And and as we've gone to, from the 1840s and you know up till 2000, there's never been any memorial that ever stood anywhere for Dred Scott in this country or in this world. And now there is, right? Now there is. That's right. Tell us um, about it. Well, I founded the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation in 2006 because, again, that 150th anniversary of the decision was in 2007. And our foundation has three goals, three points of vision, and that is commemoration, education, and reconciliation. And that's basically, those are the three things that we do. Commemoration was that 150th anniversary to let people know that, as first of all, family members, and then here in St. Louis, you know, we took very, very active role in making sure that for a whole year this event was commemorated. Never did we ever say celebrated. There was nothing to celebrate, but always commemorated. So, you know, in St. Louis, we've learned to use that word. But because we knew there was nothing, one of our goals was to get a statue of Dred Scott. Now, the interesting story about that is, at first, it was going to be a statue of Dred Scott. But then, in 2006, the year before the anniversary, we discovered where his wife was buried, which we honestly did not know. And that was a huge story, and it made national headlines. But we were very excited, and I always say that Harriet decided, well, you're not having this big bash without me. <laughs> and so she rose from Greenwood Cemetery right on time. And we were able to absolutely put out the most phenomenal book on their family just by virtue of one name in our family that I told this lady. And she compiled this book on the family history. She's an awesome certified genealogist and works with our St. Louis County Library who published the book, Dredd and Harriet Scott, Their Family Story. So Harriet came forth, and now we have Dredd and Harriet's story for the anniversary and forward. So the statue is now standing at the old courthouse five years later, and it is of Dredd and Harriet. You can see it a little bit on our website. And at the end of the day, we'll have more pictures. But on June 8th, we unveiled that statue, and it was it's simply beautiful. June 8th of this year, and congratulations. I mean, that is such an awesome accomplishment, both historically and for you personally, as a tribute to your ancestors and the ancestors of 
all of the descendants of enslaved Africans in this country. I mean, that's such such a big accomplishment, and I really thank you for that. Well, appreciate that so much. And I do, I get kind of goosebumps, because I want to tell you that God has really been in this from the very beginning. I mean, the very beginning. And even so far back, as just kind of tapping me on the head and saying, you know, these are your ancestors. You need to know more about them than the average person. And I just delved into that, and wow, the whole world opened up. And so, yes, it is a tribute not only to them, but as you said so well, to others who have been enslaved, to remember them all. And I usually refer to Adamic as our history. I don't just say the history of my family or Dred and Harriet Scott or black history. It is our history. And I can tell you that the people I get to speak to all over the country, and I've been to Harvard, I've spoken to the National Association of Attorneys Generals, I've spoken to the Daughters of the American Revolution. Really? Yes. <laughs> and I think most of your people may know that story, but that, you know, they did not let Marion Anderson sting at the, um, mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., in the day, but I hope um, they were getting it, it's been amazing too. the opportunities that I've had to get out and really delve into this story. Which, you know, when I go out and speak, it has a soap opera ending when you tell Dred and Harriet's story. Uh, so the statue is wonderful. Now, there's another thing there again was nothing. And in Missouri, there is in our state capitol a place on the second, third floor called the Hall of Famous Missourians, and Dred Scott was not there. And one of the representatives heard me say that in, in 2007 at a luncheon and could not believe it, walked the halls two or three times, didn't find him. And this gentleman came back and said, we have to fix this. I will help you. And so he just kind of connected me to the right people, and we persisted in that. And so even though we did not plan it this way, but one month before our statue was unveiled, we also unveiled a beautiful bust of Dred Scott who now stands in the Hall of Famous Missourians wow. in Jefferson City, Missouri, and wow. it is awesome. We're going to take a break right here, Ms. Jackson. We're talking with Lynn Jackson, president and founder of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. She's also the great-great-granddaughter of Dred Scott, and she's doing what all of us must do if we want to have repair, because reparations ain't just cash. It's not just about money or opportunity. It's about repair, healing, wholeness. And one of the ways that we find healing and wholeness is honoring our ancestors and those who paid the ultimate price, as Dred Scott did. We're going to hear more from Lynn Jackson. We'll take your phone calls, 520-KJLH, 520-5554. We're going to find out what else she's up to, what they're moving on to next, and how we can help. All that's right here. It's Radio Freedom, Radio Free 102.3, KJLH. Find your greatness. The front page. Radio Free 102.3, KJLH. H. Crimes are wasting, and just doing so much hate, and free your heart and show your greatness. I like you had to come from up under the basement, just like you had Satan trying my patience. The original community. This is the front page on Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. Cause the worst come the worst, my peoples come first. So if you ain't busting down, please disperse. Please disperse. Please disperse. I knew I never should have bought that tease the purse. Cause the worst come the worst, my peoples come first. So if you ain't busting down, please disperse. Please disperse. Please disperse. Please disperse. Please disperse. Radio Free 102.3 KJLH. It's the front page. We're talking with Lynn Jackson. She is the president and founder of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. She's the great-great-granddaughter of Dred Scott. And um, 
We're getting an education. We're going to have a lot of information, including her link, up at kjlhradio.com and dominiquedeprima.com. So if you still have the Internet in your home, you can visit. Uh, we are totally analog today. So you won't be getting any news. I can tell you what happened, but I don't have anything that I can read to you. Let's see. Well, Avi mentioned there's a report coming out on Jerry Sandusky. Today, this morning. Today, um, the FBI report on that case. Um, 20% of people, according to the Gallup poll, are concerned about Mitt Romney's wealth. Um, What else? Oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. But see, I, I don't have the stories in front of me, so I just would be guessing. Well, going off of memory. So, I don't want to do that. But um, that's what I get for not bringing my newspaper. Of course, it doesn't come till 6 when I get off the air. But luckily, we have a, a guest who has lots of information for us. And we are taking your phone calls, 520-KJLH, 520-5554. Our own Avi Bernard is part of a movie trailer. Yes, it's a trailer, but, you know, a homemade trailer, that's a big accomplishment because it's not so easy to do that. It's Red Handed Films and the screening of the trailer for Just Like Compton. Remember the book? Well, now it's a trailer. It's this Saturday, July 14th at 5 o'clock at the USC School of Cinema, building THH Room 101. Okay, we'll have it on the website. Free champagne. Uh, we have a ticket? One ticket? We have two pairs of tickets. Okay, we have pair of tickets right now to call her 23 at 520-KJLH-520-5554. You'll meet some of the cast. You'll meet uh, the author. And uh, it's a VIP ticket, pair of tickets. So if you want to go to Just Like Compton this Saturday night, call us right now. Continuing our conversation with Lynn Jackson. Lynn Jackson, where? what is your website? Let's start there. Okay, it's www.thephe. Dread, D-R-E-D, dot, S-C-O-T-T, foundation, dot org. Okay, we'll put the link up. And what's next? What are you doing next? I mean, you, these are great accomplishments. You've got the bust in the Hall of Famous uh, People. You've got the uh, the statue at the old yeah. courthouse. Uh, you've got, you've been the impetus behind a book being published. All right. Um, And the book is called Dread and Harriet Scott, Their Family Story. We'll post that on our website as well in case people want to get that book. What's next? Well, I also did a coloring book, a coloring activity book, which I actually wrote that one myself. And it's also on our website. And it's, it's really a wonderful little activity book. And I usually say adults who don't feel comfortable with the story can work with their children and grandchildren and kind of look like they know what they're talking about as they go through. And I intend to do a few more books to follow in that suit. So oh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to go on the website and get that. Yeah, that seems like a great teaching tool. It is. That's our education piece so far, my piece. Also on our website is something else I created, which is pretty unique, and that is a Scott Lincoln medal. It's a three-inch bronze coin with a replica of a penny. It has the Lincoln one side, but has Dred Scott on the other side. It looks fabulous. It's a really nice, it's well done. And essentially, it's them back-to-back, and the dates honor the 150th anniversary. And then Lincoln's 200th anniversary came up at the same time. So um, that's one of the creative pieces that we have. Because, you know, there are a lot of pieces out there, but we're doing a lot of... um, new things that people can can get to use as teaching tools, educational tools, and then just things. Because at the old courthouse, there isn't that much that you can get under it's got outside the postcards and books. 
And so we're trying to, to embellish that based on what we're learning in our histories. Yeah, those kind of those kind of commemorative pieces keep stories alive. Um, they are tributes to our ancestors. I love the work that you're doing on that level. And can we buy them on your website? Does it help support the work that you're doing? It definitely does. Even my coloring book doesn't go to me. I did it for the foundation. So everything on the website that you can buy does support the foundation. Absolutely, it does. we got a bunch of people that want to talk to you. But what is your next project? What are you working on next? I mean, incredible accomplishments. Do you have something on the agenda that's on the list? Yeah, uh, aside from education, which is a thread that goes throughout everything we do, I am working on our next project, which is the Sons and Daughters of Reconciliation. And right now I've had two annual Dred Scott Reconciliation Forums in southern Missouri, of all places. And uh, basically it involves descendants of people who helped shape the country as well as presidential descendants. And it's been a, an amazing story. We could talk about that for a whole show. Mm, yeah, we should. I'd love yeah. to have you back on. You're so articulate. And uh, it's really great information that people need to have. Let's go to Molly Bell from Compton. Good morning, Molly Bell. You're on with uh, Lynn Jackson on the front page. Oh, reparations in memory of our ancestors. Good morning, Dominique, your staff. Good morning, Miss Lynn Jackson. Good morning, Miss Molly Bell. We finally connected. Yeah, thank you. And a special good morning to B-Love himself, Stevie Wonders. Congratulations uh, to you and the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. I have a couple of comments. Dominique, would you make sure she get them, and I'll listen to her comments off the air. First of all, uh, be thinking about, we would like to know how to judge Taney and uh, or any of his ancestors alive or any of the ancestors of the U.S. Supreme Court, how do they feel about this? And for your information and for the front page family, Dr. David Horn, who was on yesterday, Dominique, on the June 14th, 2012 issue of Our Weekly, he has an article called A Day of Demand, call for a new National Reparation Day. Mark your calendar, March 6, 2013, and we'll talk about that more. And so please read that article and uh, Miss Lynn Jackson you will be so proud of the way he talks about your great great grandfather and because of Mr. Peoples and Stephen Taylor meeting you we just are so honored that we have this link and we thank Dominique for bringing it so please let us know how are the people how was this bust how was this ceremony how was it received in Missouri and we'll tell you later on more about our National Reparation Day uh, March 6 2013 Listen, all you prayer warriors out there, today is day 12 of our virtual prayer vigil for the for the president. You've got to keep fasting. You've got to keep praying because the struggle continues. But always, to God be the glory. Thank you, Dominique. Thank you, Molly Bell. So um, how was it received? How has it been received? Have you gotten reaction? Oh, my goodness, yes. It was amazing. Um, aside from the fact that... <laughs> The courthouse is being renovated, so it had scaffolding all around it on four sides. But it didn't keep more than three or 300 people from crowding on that one corner where we erected the statue and taking pictures and being just in awe when we unveiled it. You could hear the gasp of people, even though we've had renditions of it out there, just to see the actual life-size statue standing. Mm. It was beautiful, beautiful. And it was a gorgeous day. A little hot, but it was beautiful. Everything went wonderfully well. And yes, I've gotten many emails, phone calls, and all these wonderful things, letting people know, letting me know how people really 
really appreciate having that there. I might want to add quickly that this was a gift from the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation to the American people, and we gave it to the National Park Service so that they're going to take care of it, and it'll be there from now on. Oh, that was great thinking. That was yes. a wonderful idea. Now, have you gotten I mean, any... Dominique, can I add one thing before mm-hmm. we get here and there real quick? I want people to know something. That, first of all, this was such a labor of love that the people who worked on it, including Harry Weber, the sculptor, and the um, people who helped us raise funds and so forth, we put the statue up, and it's not completely paid for. So we are letting people know that, and of course they do know, because um, we're asking whoever will donate to help us finish paying it off if they would come on our website and see about that, because it's um. It's coming, you know, our balance is coming down, but we did not have all of the funds, but they wanted it up. They did not want it in a warehouse stored somewhere. They wanted it out. And so we're still in the process of finalizing our fundraising, and I just want people to be aware of that. Okay, so they can go to the dreadscottfoundation.org. Of course, we'll have that linked at kjlhradio.com, and it's dread, D-R-E-D, dreadscottfoundation.org, and donate. How much more uh, do we need to get this thing um, completely paid for? We're coming down. Uh, we're about needing about 70000 more. Wow, okay. It's considerable, but it's doable. Yes. Um, I, I want to, well, you know what? I, I have some questions, but I want to make sure we get a couple more callers, and we've got Charles. Oh, excuse me, we didn't finish the answer her question real quick. Yeah. Uh, can I answer one of those? Yes, go ahead. One of the descendants of the Justice, uh, Curtis McLean, who dissented from, I keep saying it wrong, um, Benjamin Curtis, I'm sorry, and John McLean. John McLean's great-great-great-nephew is one of my sons and daughters of reconciliation. And that justice disagreed with the Dred Scott decision. So he has come on board to learn more about his family history as well as be a part of what we're doing. And um, there are descendants of the Tawny family, but I have not yet met them, but we're in the process of doing that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen. What was the wake-up call for you? What You said you got kind of tapped on the shoulder. What was that, was that moment or what was that? I really do think it was the Lord. I just believe that he was just saying, you know what, um, I know this, but there's got to be more than what we were told because we weren't told a whole lot, you know. But did it just come to you or did you? Yes. Yeah, okay. It did. And then I started researching it and and I just started, you know, this led to that and that led to the other and John Brown and uh, Thaddeus Stevens and all these awesome people back out and I was thinking, wow, it's a huge story and we were never taught this, as you all know, in school. So it just was a whole new world that opened up, and we're just trying to share that and keep learning, passing it on. And so okay. when I travel and speak, we share these stories. I want to try to squeeze a couple people in here, Ms. Jackson. we got El Nubian calling from L.A. I need the short version, if you would, sir. All righty. I want to know if you guys know that Rush Limbaugh, and it seemed like some people in the um, state of Missouri rushed him through this, uh, what, a couple of months ago, and they posted him as one of the famous Missouri. Wow. Yeah. That's horrifying. And they and they did it under, you know, kind of underhanded like. And it was a lot of people. It was like it was kind of a big little article. But that's all I had to say. I wanted to throw that out and, and uh, more power to the sister. So it took Rush Limbaugh 150 minutes. It took Dred Scott 150 years. But it's interesting, uh, Miss Miss Jackson, that you that it's only 150 years. It was only 150 years ago in this country that the Supreme Court, the same folks that just declared 
corporations to be citizens, to be people. Only 150 years ago, they said that black people and the descendants of enslaved black people were not citizens protected under this Constitution. We're not talking about a thousand years ago. We're talking about 150 years ago so that we could have the descendant of the victim of this Supreme Court decision talking to us on the radio this morning. Well, you know, you're right, and it's a good thing to make the point that it was not that long ago. This is how I usually help people understand how I'm related. I tell them that my grandfather was Dred Scott's grandson. And I think people immediately can say, oh, okay, I see that. And it isn't that far back. Yeah, it's right here. It's, you know, it's, we, they say we got a chip on our shoulder. We need to stop talking about it. But 150 years ago. You said we weren't citizens. Now, actually, we need to dialogue about it. We just need to do it in a civil way. Indeed. And, and uh, there are a lot of people, Dominic, mean, this is what I hope people will hear. There are a lot of people willing to hear this story, other people, mm. and a lot of other people who are willing yeah. to engage in the healing of this process. And, it, and it's, they it does, feel that, that this is their duty, and they want to help you. And it's about understanding, like you said, our history as, as yes. a nation. And, you know, Talib hands me this note saying the Supreme Court is corporations are people, not black folks, which is kind of what I just said. But maybe there's a way that, you know, there is a tie-in with Citizens United, because they, the Supreme Court has never explicitly overturned Dred Scott, but yet they explicitly said that corporations are people. Oh, my gosh, it's 557. Okay, Charles from 1-800-UNITE-US, can you do it in 20 seconds? I know you can. You're a talk radio expert. <laughs> okay, well, hey, thanks for having this amazing guest on. And that, that statue, that's the most beautiful statue I've ever seen. So oh, really uh, appreciate the, the work you've done. And just want to remind everybody, when you go out and vote, you're not only voting for president, you're voting for the man that's going to select the Supreme Court that can affect our lives for the next 40 years. Yeah, that's true. The next Dred Scott decision <laughs> will be in the hands of people selected by either Willard Mitt Zombie or President Barack Obama. You make the decision. Wow. Um, Lynn Jackson, again, we're looking, we're looking to pay for the rest of the statue and uh, raise money for your future projects. So we can go to the dreadscottfoundation.org, right? Right. Or if they don't have a website, it's P.O. Box 2009. That's in St. Louis, Missouri. 63032-2009. Okay, can you say that one more time? Yes, P.O. Box 2009, St. Louis, Missouri. 63032. 63032-2009. And we'll, we'll put that up on our website. Of course, that won't help if they don't have the internet, but they can go to the library. <laughs> yes, we'll say it again. We'll say it again tomorrow for Radio Free Friday. We have got to go. Miss Lynn Jackson, what would you leave us with? Certainly you have been a stellar example of the rewards, not only for ourselves personally, but for our community and our nation of taking care of and investigating our own ancestors. What would you leave us with this morning? Well, again, we should honor our ancestors, and also we should honor God. And I want people to know that this is an act of love from on high. He guided me through this whole process. I think God is moving, and he wants to heal our land. Mm -hmm. Lynn Jackson, thank you so very much. I look forward to talking with you about the Transformation Agenda and your next project, a reconciliation project. 
It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're a great host. Thank you. 5.59 in the morning. Time to pass the microphone to Mr. Steve Harvey. But as you go on your way about your day, let's take a moment to affirm ourselves. Let's take a deep breath in and let us release. Today, let me remember God is truth. Truth is divine. Truth is eternal and conditions. Truth is greater than any problem on the physical level. The truth is that God believes in me. Till next time, Radio Free Family, be well. One love. KTLH, Compton, Los Angeles.